Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday Morning Envy Pro Call. Today is June 29th, and I'd like to welcome those of you that are here live, as well as those of you listening to this via recording, which, of course, you can do by subscribing to Motivitality on whatever podcast application you happen to use, or by visiting motivitality.com, where you can listen to years and years and years worth of archives. Also, I don't know if you guys ever realize, like, when you actually look at the date and you go, oh, crap, it's my brother's birthday today. That's, uh, they, um, uh, I don't know if that happens to anybody else, but that's exactly what just happened to me. And so if it happened to you as well, first off, that'd be kind of weird. But secondly, come on in. The water's warm. Welcome to my head. So anyway, I'm going to start the call off the way I do pretty much every week, which is by uh, asking, was there anything anybody learned this last week that you wish you had known before? Anything that happened that's worthy of sharing with other professionals across the country or anything we can help you with? Any questions we can answer for you? I'll type in, Kelly. Go, Jen. Go, Jen. (laughs) Where's the third one? Go, Jen. Go, Jen. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh... Just a reminder that um, there are, I know recently in the Midwest and down in Texas, lots of bad weather and so on, and a lot of power outages. I know like in the town where my office is at, apparently they were out of power for like three or four days. So um, if you start getting those phone calls that water softener is going on in the middle of the day, have them check their clocks because the battery backup probably, battery may have died. Um, or post on your Facebook page, um, maybe send out emails to everybody, get out on social media to check the time on your water softeners. And if you have questions on how to reset them, to call the office. It's a great opportunity to get on the phone and call those existing customers you know, it's a reason to touch them, basically, to get on the phone and say, hey, um, you know, battery backup only lasts usually two or three days, depending on the softener. Um, and and, it, and it, it doesn't mess up their history, or the, usually most of them, it doesn't mess up their history or their, their um, you know, water hardness settings and stuff like that. But it can definitely mess up the clock in the region times, and that's pretty easy to reset. And but bottom line, it's just a great way to great opportunity to get there and and touch your customers again. Let them know that you still care, that you're still there, that you're they're still available. Um, you know that you're still available. So I don't I don't mean actually touch them. Like you know, hi, this Thank is you. Kelly from ABC Water. Um, just wanted to touch you. Uh, that's not I touch is a term. It's a sales term that means that you're going to reach out and and, uh, and talk to them. So. Um, anyway, uh, good point, Jen. Good point. Anybody else? Hello? Those are you guys? I'm still here. Uh, we're, I'm here. Oh, we're still here. here. <laughs> you guys are just pondering the, what did Kelly just say about touching his customers? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's a, 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 the professional motor vitality uh, podcast. That's right. So, um, but uh, um, anyway, uh, no, great point. Anybody else have anything? 
Okay. So with that, um, let's jump into our topic. And, and you know, this we've done this topic before. It's been a couple of years, I think, since we did this. But I think it's it's um, it's it's good to go back and sort of remind ourselves. And the reason I think it's good to go back and remind ourselves because I was reminded of this a couple of weeks ago when we had a new, you know, we we had somebody come up for our installer training facility and and uh, um, and it was. Um, you know, I was going through teaching the virtual portion of the installer training, and I was talking about uh, hardness and an RO, and and I was talking about um, um, you know the uh, grains per gallon and and just talking along, talking about water treatment, and water treatment fundamentals, and I had this kid who was go who's a brand new installer, and in fact he had literally been with the company less than a month when he started the training and had zero um, experience in, uh, in the industry. Um, and he came in and he said, so what exactly is hardness? I mean, what's that do? He goes, I, you know, I, I know that they're softeners and we carry them, but I don't actually know what it does, how it works. I was like, oh, <laughs> I just assumed you work here and you you worked here for two days and therefore you know what an RO is and what TDS stands for and what um, that MG, MGL and parts per million are the exact same thing. I I mean, who doesn't know that on their first month coming into this industry? And so um, I, I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit today again and number one, remind – I mean, Kayla, I don't know if you're on the on the call this morning, but uh, um, you, you probably have experienced this. You've been here is – Kayla, is Kayla on? Jen? No, Kayla was not going to make it this morning. Or oh, she she's was not going to make it. Okay, so, so Kayla is, you know, brand – this is one of the MV pros that, that – um, we just brought on Jen just brought on for one of our clients and is, is currently training her and and I'm sure she would be able to attest to the fact that a week and a half in you start it's it's literally like speaking a different language and I think that that's relevant because when we go out to our customers and we're talking about TDS you know I, I people come into this industry and I teach them about TDS you know, total dissolved solids, right? And then I ask them about TDS a, a week later or even a day later, and they go, oh, what is TDS? I don't know exactly what that is. Again, to remind me, what's that stand for again? Even though I, I clearly went over it on that webinar along with all the other stuff that we talked about, and they don't remember that TDS stands for total dissolved solids, well, that's because there's so much information. There's so much information. It can be brain overload. And um, Michelle, you're, you've been in the industry less than a year. You, I'm sure you could attest to that. Just how familiar with, you know, coming in and never having heard these terms before. Um, I mean, you've been in the industry about, what, six, seven months now. Um, how well do you know the industry lingo now? I know some better than others. I think it's, you know, more like conversions of, greens per gallon and, and stuff like that. But I do know some better than others, but it's, it's best to always assume, I think that 
people, especially new people, don't know at all or maybe get confused? Yeah. So, so I wanted to kind of talk about, first off, within our industry and within our co- around our coworkers, I think it's really important to remember um, that we don't know the, you know, that just because somebody's been here uh, and in the industry for a week or a month, it doesn't necessarily mean that they, I mean, honestly, I worked in this industry for uh, probably three or four months before I realized that PPM was the exact same thing as MGL. And I bet you there's a lot of people out there that don't know. I mean, what's another way of saying, here, I'll, I'll quiz you guys. What's another way of saying um, uh, nanograms per liter? Anybody know? It's a really common, we hear this all the time in our industry. It's the way PFOS is measured and, and one for dioxane. Um, what's another way of saying nanograms per liter? You guys know? Is it parts per billion? Parts per trillion. It's parts, parts per trillion, yeah. So, so see, even on this call, there's, I mean, there's some people here that, that, and that's one of the things that, that I think we have to, to recognize is that there's so much information. So, yeah, nanograms per liter is parts per trillion. Micrograms per liter um, is parts per billion, right? So, um, and you know, that's where arsenic is. But, um, and then of course, parts per million is milligrams per liter. Um, the, uh, you know, but the, this is industry lingo. We all use parts per trillion. Labs, you will use nanograms per liter, you know, and, and so we can't make the assumption that everybody is on the same page and or when they don't respond. And so how is that relevant to what we do out there when we're talking to our customers? Um, first off, if the guy who sat through the webinar who look at the pictures, who is coming in the industry, if they can't remember or are missing what Totazol Solids stands for or means, should we be surprised when our customers also don't get it? You know, and so um, I kind of wanted to have a discussion about that because there's a couple different things that we can, a couple different relevant ways we can talk about the industry lingo in regards to our customers. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys first, anybody have a story or, or an experience where this became an issue, you know, where, where you were out there talking about something and, and the customers just completely misunderstood um, because you, you used the lingo or, or, you know, you said RO and they said, I don't want an RO. I want a reverse osmosis. You know, so, I mean, anybody, tell me what you guys, what your experience with this, with this topic is. Kelly? Yes, go ahead, Paul. Yes, Paul, good morning. So, I can give you an example that just occurred the other day that was from one of our mutual students. And he was saying to me, well, you know, I told the lady that the uh, RO would, uh, bring the TDS down to five or five milligrams per liter. And she's upset because apparently she's a science type and she's got a TDS meter and she's measuring it at, uh, I think, 20. And I said, well, that's, that's not how it works. It's a percentage reduction. It's not a fixed amount. He said, what's the tap water? And he told me the tap water. And 
And I said, okay, then do the math. And it turned out it was about 95% rejection. But in spite of everything you and I had covered, he did not understand that concept. Yeah. So, you know, and, and he's, you know, on the ball and trying to learn and everything. So it just illustrates that, like, wow, I thought we had conveyed that and he got it. And apparently, no. You know, so that's where, and that, you know, and that can create those uncomfortable situations. I mean, yeah. So if he's, you know, if we started at, you know, at a TDS of 100, 110, and we had five parts per million after that TDS meter, that's a pretty good rejection rate, right? That's 95, 96% rejection rate. Um, But you're right. If you're starting at 300, that's that's, that's where the cap water was, 300. Yeah. You know, if you're at, if you're at 300, you're not going to really expect to see it. I mean, you could. I mean, it, it's possible. It's a really good working reverse osmosis system, you know. But but you're right. That's that's where um, you know it, it's sometimes hard. And and that begs the question: How much detail do you go into with a customer? You know, how much when you're doing your presentation? How much do you teach them? Because you know, it can get confusing and it can actually open up another can of worms, you know, and, and like in that situation, um, when you're talking about rejection rates um, or, you know, what it should be, uh, you know, how how much how much information do you give the customer? You know, how much are they going to retain and misunderstand? And who, else, who else has a experience with this? So the other aspect that I think is important to recognize when we're in the home, if a customer starts, you know, you're talking to that customer, and I I think this is important for us to, you know, part of that listening, right, when we're listening to what that customer is saying to us. Um, When that customer says uh, that they've, you know, they check their TDS, the customer says, yeah, I checked my TDS out of my RO, and uh, it looked like I had, uh, um, you know, 26 grains or, or uh, 26 parts per million. What does that tell us? Now, we've gone in. It's a sales call. We've gone in, and now we're, we're doing that presentation. We've done our plumbing assessment. We've, we've talked to the customer, and they said, yeah, I, I just checked, checked the TDS out of my RO, and it was, it was uh, 26 parts per million. What did we just learn? It's a sales call, right? What did we just learn? That they know more than the average customer. Yeah, which which begs the question, how, right? Not only do they know more than the average customer, but they spoke our language, right? They yes. said, because does the average customer call it an RO? No. And and do they do they refer to TDS? No. No. And so what does that tell us? They either are in the industry or know somebody that is. Yeah, right. They they've been talking and so this this is going to this is strong evidence that we need to gather more information, right? We need to find out. They've obviously either done some research, although you can kind of tell when people have done research because they'll get it wrong. Right, they'll say, um, mm-hmm. "I've got I've got five grains per gallon of iron in my water." 
you know, they, they'll, you can kind of yeah. tell, or when they've talked to somebody else. So we, we kind of, you know, when they, it, it would be like me trying to speak German. You know, I know just enough words to make somebody who actually speaks German realize that I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, so they, uh, you know, so I, it would be just I, it better for me to not even attempt, you know, and, and I think that that is what happens with sometimes our customers, you know, when they start, they'll, they'll say, or, you know, it means that they've done some research or it could also, well, what else could it also possibly mean? You know, they're, they're talking about the, you know, having five grains per gallon of iron in their water. What, what could that be evidence of? They've had another sales rep out there. Yeah. Somebody else they've, and so to the point of not understanding the lingo, you know, maybe could be that that salesperson, because I've talked to salespeople that were out there that didn't understand the lingo either. You know, they're brand new. They went out there. They thought they memorized their, their script. And, you know, because they didn't understand the concepts. They really didn't understand exactly how the stuff works. You know, you can, anybody can memorize stuff eventually. You know, there's a big difference between memorizing that TDS stands for total dissolved solids and understanding exactly what TDS is. You know, and I mean, I I see the blank look on people's faces sometimes when, you know, Paul, you and I when we're working with with um, salespeople, and you when you say, uh, you know, you've got 10 grains per gallon of hardness in the water, and and you explain to them that. you know, and they, they stick their TDS meter in, and they've only got, you know, 110 parts per million of total dissolved solids from the TDS meter. You try and explain that to even salespeople sometimes, and they're at a loss. They don't understand that that's one of those two tests are wrong, you know, because right. it, who anybody other than Paul, what should be the minimum TDS that you should have? If you got 10 grains per gallon of hardness in the water, what should be the minimum TDS? Yeah, I said anybody but Paul because <laughs> I know Paul knows this. We've we've worked together. What should be the minimum TDS? If I've got ten grains per gallon of hardness in the water, what should be the minimum TDS my meter reads? Anybody? One sixty? You're close. You're close. Anybody else? One one seventy one. 171, that's right. So, and why is that, Stacey? 17.1 parts per million for every grain. That's right. So one grain per gallon equals 17.1 parts per million. And guys, I don't, you know, I ask that question because this this makes the point, right, that if, um, you know, we in the industry, and by the way, that's relevant too because when you get a lab report out there, you guys, and you see a lot of times the lab reports are, are, you know, the results are in parts per million or milligrams per liter. And so when you see a total hardness reading of, uh, you know, 171 or 172, then, you know, it says total hardness as CaCO3, um, 171 parts per million. Okay, that tells you that you have 10 grains per gallon of hardness because you would then divide that 171 by 17.1, and that gives you your 10 grains per gallon. So that is that is how we as experts will convert those um, those lab reports. But and that's and that's kind of my point is that even within our industry, 
we sometimes, you know, we we memorize the scripts. Um, we know, you know, we know what to say and how to say it, and we kind of know the bare minimum. But there's a big difference between understanding the concept of what you're doing and being able to troubleshoot and and really, um, you know, just rep- just repeating a script, just repeating words. And so um, I I think it's important to recognize that if even within our industry we there are some out there representing the industry and, and presenting our products that don't really understand um, you know beyond just the surface level stuff I think it's reasonable to understand that our customers are not going to remember, remember that stuff either uh, I also think it's an argument for us becoming an expert and really learning how to understand that stuff you know really understanding how to grasp it because every once in a while to you know to your point Paul you had you, that customer that worked in a lab or or whatever that had their own TDS meter and okay. they stuck it in there we need to be able to address that yeah. stuff and answer it you know because otherwise when our customers are more of an expert than we are um you know that makes for an awkward conversation sometimes you no know, Paul you you were going to add something to that I was going to say another example was I think I told you about the time I was at a customer's house, a woman, single woman, adult, and her father happened to be there. And we didn't know at first, but it turned out he was a chemical engineer. So she didn't understand any of the technology behind what we were doing, but he, sir, as heck, understood everything we said. You know what I mean? So you come into it and you go, oh, boy, if I don't understand what milligrams per liter versus parts per million versus grains per gallon, you know, he's going to pick up on it in a heartbeat. And he wasn't yeah. there as, an, as a, he didn't have a chip on his shoulders, just just being a nice dad and happened to be there. You know, so you don't know who you're talking with half the time. So this is why this brings us back to the importance of, it's less, um, it, you know, when we, we listen to what our customers are saying, it's less important that we throw out all of our big fancy industry. First off, I, I guess let me, let me back up and say that it's important when we're talking to our customers that we don't, we don't necessarily use the industry lingo, right? We use, instead of saying TDS, we say total dissolved solids. Instead of saying reverse osmosis, we, we, or instead of saying RO, we say reverse osmosis. You know, we, um, not to mention some of the other terms that we can throw around, you know, upflow brining, countercurrent regeneration, proportional brining, uh, dry brine tank, you know, the things that a lot of us in our own industry don't understand, but the customers definitely are not going to understand that. Ion exchange, um, you know, I, if there's one thing that I struggled with when I was, especially when I was in sales was because I, I am, you know, certified and, and go through the stuff and a little geeky about it get is going in too deep and really, you know, explaining too much to a customer. So that's, that's one of the things that we need to do is make sure that we are speaking a language that the customers can understand and recognizing that they are hearing this many times for for the first time, and they're not going to remember everything that you say in that hour, hour and a half, two hour presentation. You know, they're they're not going to understand it. That is why, by the way, sometimes the demonstration. You know, they're gonna they're gonna recognize and understand tea. You make you make tea for them in the house. They're gonna they're gonna remember that because it's relevant. It's something that they do every day. They're gonna understand if you if you do show them the soap demo. You know, and show them how much better the soap suds up. 
subject. That's that, that's an argument for doing some of those demonstrations because those are the things that they're they're going to remember. They're not going to remember, um, you know, the purple and blue and you know the the things that we do on the water test. So so that is an argument for doing the demonstrations. It sort of hammers home the concepts um, without them having to know the lingo. If they do use some of that industry lingo, though, they start talking back. This is where it's really critical, even more than normal, for you to kind of shut up a little bit and ask and and accept to, you know, let them talk a little more and ask questions. Find out where did they learn. I mean, I'd come straight out. If somebody says TDS or RO or talks about ion exchange, I'm going to come right out and ask them what type of research. Oh, it sounds like you're familiar with this stuff. Sounds like you understand this stuff. What do you do for a living? Or have you had an opportunity to research? Uh, we had another company come out. Oh, man, that's awesome. That that actually makes my job a little bit easier. Were there any features um, on you know on their equipment that you really were excited about? You know anything that that I can show you in comparison? You know, and that's when they you know you compliment them for their knowledge, right? For for what they've done, and now you know they're gonna. Um, they're going to give you a lot more information, but you've got to ask those questions. You've got to dig in and find out what they know and where their knowledge came from and, you know, how much research they've done. Um, and, and questions are always better anyway. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about that before, you know, the importance of, of, I mean, I always say when you leave the sales presentation, he who has asked the most questions made the sale, right? So, if the customer asked you more questions than you asked them, you're leaving with that equipment. If you asked more questions than they did and allowed them to answer, you, you're more likely to have made the sale. Okay, and and that is not an uncommon thing. I mean, you know, you look at every professional that's out there that really is a professional. You know, you go to the doctor, hopefully the doctor has asked you more questions and done more tests and diagnosis on you than you've asked them. Hopefully, you know, they we, we feel comfortable with them asking questions. You go to an attorney for the first time, they're asking you a lot more questions, hopefully, than you're asking them because they need to gather the information from you in order to be able to help. So that's not to say that you don't have questions when you go to the doctor, but the doctor needs to be able to clarify what the – I mean, this is the way with any, anything, right? Any, any kind of sales. You walk into a car dealership, hopefully, if it's a good salesperson at the, you know, selling cars, you say, I would like to have a car, please. And they you – know, if, they're, if they're any good, they're going to sit down with you before they ever take you out to the lot and start showing you cars. They're, they're going to start asking, okay, what kind of car do you want? You want a two-door, four-door, you want a truck, you want a van, you want to use, you want new. You know, they're going to – they have to gather that information and ask those questions. And and if you, if I walk into a car dealership and I already have some some basic knowledge about the car, then I would hope that a professional salesperson is going to sit down there and gather even more knowledge. Because even though I might know some of the some of the terms that are on the cars – I don't know that much about them. It's not what I do for a living. I don't do cars for a living. You know, so so I, I, I'm hoping that I have somebody there that can guide me. You know, I can speak the lingo enough to tell them, to, to give them a direction on what questions to ask. Maybe that gives them a heads up. But And that's the same thing we have to do, right? The customer, the customer may know, they might say, yeah, I want an RO. 
Okay, that's a great. That's good. What type of our, you know, what what are you hoping to accomplish with that with that reverse osmosis system? You know, this is where you can ask. Or, you know, what are the contaminants that you're concerned with? You know what, um, you know, I I I want an RO because I'm worried about my bacteria. You know, I'm worried about boil water alerts. Okay, they've done some research. They know they they're using the term RO, the industry language, you know, lingo. But they haven't done enough research to understand that RO should not be used for bacteria control. You know, so we have to, and we wouldn't know that if we just said, oh, oh, you want an RO? Sure, here's an RO. But we have to go in and, and you know, and go further and ask those questions and find out how much research they've actually done. You know, where you can get a pretty good sense of where they did their research, too. Um, any Any final comments or thoughts on this topic? Anything at all? Any final comments? So, no, I just the one go, thing go is I just always try to use their terms more so than our terms. Oh, good The goal point, is yeah. to make it very clear for them because um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, that's right. Okay. It's in the, yep, that's true. And you got to find out what their concerns are, but also it's kind of like a needs-based sell- selling, finding out what they need, but then, you know, explaining this is what you're wanting, this is what you're needing, and this is what it, how it does it, and being more clear in their terms and what it does. I mean, I always carry the list of the um, contaminants that – our system is certified, yeah, certified. for yep. Exactly. Yep. So I can go over them. that. It's like, do any of these things concern you? Yeah. <laughs> That's all of them? <laughs> like, they, yeah, sometimes. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But um, some people, well, you'll get that, you guys, people that are I'm – so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said you'll get people that are concerned about different things. So you yep, never know. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So – All right, guys, with that, that is our time for the day. So um, everybody have a really safe and enjoyable 4th of July weekend and week and day, um, and we will talk to you next week, if not before. So be safe, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, Kelly. You too.